What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode number three of The Rookie and the Vet. I am Sean Smith, and I'm joined by my co-host, Colby Stalkup, and we are happy to introduce our special guest, our good friend and local betting expert, Grant Beckman, joining us from back home in Kennesaw, Georgia. Grant, it's good to have you on. How's it going? Going good. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to uh, talk some sports today. And I love the new logo. That, that <laughs> yeah, I appreciate, appreciate yeah. the shout out. Yeah, yeah we got the, we got of course. the um, yeah, just shout out uh, Sophia Kraus here, uh, local rookie in the vet groupie from the University of South Carolina. Uh, we appreciate all your support and the help for the logo. So let's jump right into it. Uh, last weekend, we had the AFC and NFC title games. Uh, the Bucks prevailed over the Packers in the NFC championship game 31 to 26. Uh, you know, Tom Brady went for 280 yards passing, three touchdowns, three interceptions. But I tell you what, Aaron Rodgers' future, I would call it uncertain, and that may, might be putting it lightly in Green Bay. Yeah, I definitely think um, – I mean, we were, you know, seeing Brady and Rodgers on the ticket, we thought it was going to be an old-school duel, you know, like Manning and Brady used to be, but it wasn't. You know, Rodgers comes out, gets sacked five times, and throw four combined picks. Brady did not look like himself. But the storyline is going to be kicking it on that fourth down and goal. And I, I don't think – you could have even asked Madden and they tell you to go for it. So I, I just don't get the call. I don't like the call. I, I think uh, Matt LaFleur put himself on the hot seat with that take alone. Uh, I just – I don't know. And I think Rodgers is pissed, especially now with the Jordan Love losing a game and being old. Can't see it. I'm personally going to have to disagree with Matt LaFleur being on the hot seat. He went, what, 26-6 and six in the last two seasons? And you're going to put him on the hot seat? Like, I don't know, young coach, hot start. I mean, it does help to have the MVP this season, but you also pushed him away, you know, because he had an MVP season. He did everything he had to do, and you, you kicked the field goal, and now he wants out. I would so love now, to reference cross-sport Tyron Lue. Had MVP LeBron James, great coach. I mean, he was one of the first rookies to ever make a – not rookies, but rookie coaches to ever make a finals. But if you can't win, you can't win. I agree. He's only lost six. He's a great coach. But there's no way you piss off the MVP and kick it when you need a touchdown either. It was the dumbest call I've ever seen. If he doesn't get fired, the offense coordinator needs to. But yeah. I, I see the team. He's a good coach. You know, Aaron Rodgers isn't that much of a – I guess I would say diva with the media. Um, at least he hasn't been, in my opinion, over, over, you know, his tenure in Green Bay. And, you know, he was obviously visibly pissed uh, when discussing uh, that, that call. I mean, he even said he was like, that wasn't my decision or something like that. And I was like, you can just tell when, you're, when your star's mad, it's very obvious. And Green Bay will have to look forward to next year. And, uh, I mean, I would hope Aaron Rodgers will be back. I would be surprised if he's not. But um, they'll, they'll have to go forward from there with their star being a little upset with the coaching staff. Um, in the other game, the AFC title game, uh, Kansas City did their thing over Buffalo. 38-24 to was the final. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was met Patrick Mahomes. He uh, went for 325 yards through the air, three touchdowns. And, uh, you know, Buffalo just was – uh, they were they were ahead. They are actually up 9 to nothing at the end of the first quarter, but then Kansas City remembered who they were. And uh, Josh Allen ended up throwing, up throwing the ball 48 times, only completing 28 of them. Uh, it was a little inefficient. He also took four sacks on the game. Uh, you know, just give me some – give me give me your takes from that game. Um, you know, I want to break a table, but we did that to celebrate. The Bills made it. They have a good future. They're a young team. 
they're not better than the Chiefs. Unless Jesus himself came down and played a punter, it wasn't going to happen. You know, so I think the Bills did it. They accomplished it. They made it. But the Chiefs are that good. And I think the Chiefs are about to take a Patriots that swing over the next couple of years and just run this league. Because I think Josh Allen's good. We had this debate before the pod for all the viewers listening. Josh Allen's probably a top five quarterback, and he's still there's – there's a gap between him and Mahomes. But congratulations, Bills. Let's go break a table, drink some brewskis. Love it. So you do think that the Chiefs are going to be dominant for the next five, ten years with Patrick Mahomes? I would say so. I would say so. But then becomes the, the cap problem. It's too much money to Mahomes. Give Mahomes a track team out wide and he'll make it happen. That's what he has right now. Mm-hmm. You know, you get rid of a Kelsey, it's going to hurt for sure. Get rid but of a Kelsey. Kelsey's the best tight end in the league. He's generational type talent. Generational. But so many teams don't have a quarterback are picking one this year in the bottom of the draft. If you get your quarterback that's as good and on pace to be the GOAT, you got to go with it. You think it. you give him all the money? Yes. 100%. Yeah, honestly, I think I think the Chiefs value Kelsey over Tyreek Hill because, like, if you have to pick one of them, like, it's a one or the other situation, you take Kelsey because you can – I mean, Tyreek Hill is obviously a monster and he's very, very good. But, you know, uh, Michael Hardman looks pretty good in that in that uh, Chiefs offense. And, you know, he's I mean, he's a good player, but, you know, he's just – he's fast. And you can definitely find another guy. I think, I think the Chiefs take uh, another weapon in the draft, uh, an offensive weapon in the draft. So, in case – they have to make that decision, which I don't think they will um, between Hill and Kelsey. Um, but they'll, they'll just find another one. And But I, if, if I had to pick between those two, it would definitely be Kelsey. And I think Mahomes would agree with that as well, considering that's his favorite topic. I mean, his favorite topic is uh, his favorite target. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think the Bills have a future. Um, you know, it's not, it's not like they're going away anytime soon, right? They're definitely young. I mean, they're definitely young. They got Stephon Diggs. Is the weirdest trade I've ever seen because it somehow worked perfectly for both sides. That's so rare. Justin Jefferson's a monster, 1,400 yards in his rookie year. And Stephon Diggs looked like the best receiver in the NFL. So I loved it. I think the Bills really do got a bright, bright future. The defense is awesome. I think there may be a good, good running game away from almost beating the Chiefs every year. And that's about as they'll top out. Do you think if the Chiefs had to choose Travis Kelsey or Terry Coe, do you think they'd choose? If I had to give it? Um, like, like if it came down to money. And one Tra- of them had- Kelsey's going to be cheaper. And Tyreek Hill. You think he's older? Older tight end. You know, mm-hmm. they're usually cheapers. And also, people forget Tyreek Hill pushed that pregnant chick down the stairs. Um, <laughs> which I know. I know. For but yeah, but you can get suspended an, and all he's that. An off, yeah. He's an off-the-field type issue guy. Travis Kelsey is sure. on Dancing with the Stars. So if you're going to mm. make that investment, you go safe. And I think Tyreek Hill Travis Kelsey is 31. So is he may, like, Tyreek Hill may be yeah, a better uh, player long-term, but risk versus reward. And I agree with that. Yeah, and actually, uh, Kelsey was the Chiefs' Walter Payton man of the year. So I'm just – Polar opposites feels like off. off yeah, field. you really couldn't get a more, <laughs> you know. So yeah, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm rolling that dice. Oh yeah, big well, locker room guy. Facts, yeah, exactly. Transitioning though, uh, speaking of locker room issues, uh, Deshaun Watson has officially asked for a trade from the Texans. Uh, let's uh, let's hear some ideas about you know maybe to the Jets, maybe to Miami, maybe to Carolina. What do y'all think? I think even before we get to the destination. 
the Texans are a dumpster fire. I mean, you thought the Jets were bad trying to go 0-16, but, like, the Texans are going to come off trading to um, DeAndre Hopkins for basically a second rounder, a top five receiver in the league easily. And now they're going to lose Deshaun Watson. And J.J. Watt's already on his way out. He's almost out of contract and he's older. They are really going to be bad. I, I mean, I think they're going to be – if Deshaun gets traded to these teams we're going to speak about, I think they will be historically bad in the next couple of years. But speaking of trade destinations, um, he said he wanted to go to the Jets. I really don't know why, but I, they're young. I mean, you got, you got some good players there. The Jets would definitely have to give up the second – Second overall pick, which is essentially Fields, maybe Zach Wilson. Um, probably throw Sam Darnold in there and probably at least one more first, probably two more. And I love it for the Jets because Deshaun's easily top five quarterback. But um, I, I cannot see the Texans being good after this. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. But I think if you're, if you're the Texans, you have to blow it up now. You have to get uh, as many assets as possible. I mean, they got the new head coach coming in. Uh, they reached, I don't even really know his name. He wasn't a, wasn't a household name by any means, but um, you know, they, they got to make a change and it's got to start uh, trading, trading their young star. Um, like I said, you know, they'll, the assets are very important. Any of these uh, trade destinations, you know, they'll be getting a first rounder in the top 10 uh, this year. And then likely, I think, I think it's a failure if they don't get two more for Deshaun Watson, who uh, is a top five quarterback in the league, probably maybe four, maybe five, something like that. Um, but uh it's got to happen now. Um, otherwise, they're going to be in uh, purgatory for a long time. So the thing is, Deshaun Watson, he wants to win, right? And I just think Miami is the best place for him to go. The team is already complete. You have one of the best secondaries in the league, amazing defense, good wide receivers. And, I mean, all you have to give up is the third overall pick, Tua, which you don't even need anymore, Preston Williams, and probably two future first rounders. Mm-hmm. But that's not even that much for a top top five QB in the league. Yeah. Is Tua going to be the next Josh Rosen? Just a guy who – or even throw Haskins' name in there, a guy who didn't have a great rookie year. I mean, he did okay, but he, he doesn't have the arm strength. He, you can see the flaws. But I think if Miami does that trade, they instantly become a winner. I love mm-hmm. it for Miami. But I think Tua is really going to be that guy that sadly will not get his true shot and will just – Josh Rosen, Dwayne Haskins, the way out of the league. Uh, you know, I, I really hope not. I mean, especially because even though Josh Rosen was a was he he was number nine overall, I think I think that year, uh, in 2018 or 2017. But um, Tua just seems more talented than Rosen, I would say. And then even Haskins, who was all the way down at 15. I mean, you're taking the as the number five overall pick in any draft should be should be a value guy. I mean, no matter no matter what position, but especially at the quarterback. Um, you know, I just, I really would hope that it would work out, but I mean, the good thing is if he was to get traded, um, and actually regardless of Tua's trade or not, you know, he'll be getting, I would think a receiver at the, at that number, at that number three pick, um, whether that's Devonte Smith or Jamar Chase, whoever Miami or maybe, uh, Houston prefers. But, um, I, I do think he just needs some more reps under his belt. He was very raw, um, coming out of college and, uh, he was obviously in the best situation in college with Nick Saban in Alabama. Um, but you know, his, his game does have to transition, um, and but I, I do I, I consider him the most raw out of all the quarterbacks taken in this last year's draft. But hopefully he'll put it together in the next few years. I mean, the place my dream destination for uh, Deshaun would be Carolina. Man, mm-hmm. they have a wonderful defense. 
guy Brian Burns. Sean probably knows him pretty mm-hmm. well, uh, being a Florida State fan. But uh, they, I mean, wonderful defense. The Christian McCaffrey is a generational type talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's probably the best, one of the best receivers in the league, and he plays running back. And he's one of the mm-hmm. best running backs in the league. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater's good, but DJ Moore and him aren't it. Yeah. But you give Deshaun Watson that phenomenally athletic offense and just let him play. Oh, it would be Cam Newton in Carolina. And, and a defense that could actually stop somebody. Absolutely. So I mean, the it, Texans it would who be struggled greatly this last year. I think it would make that Carolina team who probably have to go up the eighth pick Bridgewater, probably a couple more first, really anybody not named Chris McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, you give Deshaun all those weapons. I legit think they go from probably the eighth overall pick to they're probably picking 30 the next year. I mean, yeah. I would really think they take the conference much championship uh, easily. I but, really do. I, I would, I would um, like that a lot. I, think I mean, yeah, you're talking, you're talking about what would be the best quarterback running back duo in the league. Uh, I, I can't even really, I mean, like the next best might be, you could argue Russell Wilson and Chris Carson, but I mean, I would, I would rather have Watson over Wilson and uh, McCaffrey over Chris Carson in that situation. I would definitely throw in an Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones. But even then, I think I'm taking uh, – You're, you're going to take the best, the best running back in the league in a top five QB. I mean, there's yeah. no better combination. Every day of the week. There's no better combination. No doubt about that. Colby, would uh, as, as tradition now on, on the podcast, you know, we're going to have the viewers uh, get, a little, get a little sports history for the day. Colby, what is that fact today? Well, so uh, today in uh, history is two basketball players. Coach, legendary coach Greg Popovich, he turns the big old 72. But more importantly, I don't know what you guys want, but I want Iguodala. Big man turns 37 years old today, January 28th. So happy birthday, both those guys. Two true legends in our game. Yeah, and even more of a legend. Thanks thanks for the – I want Iguodala. Thanks, uh, Max Kellerman, for thanks, that. Thank you. Yeah, Max Kellerman. Piece of audio, yeah. Greatest I mean, audio fight of all time. Honestly, yeah, just between – what was it? Somebody asked him, they were like, would you rather have Steph Curry or Andre Iguodala shooting a three? And this dude really chose Andre Iguodala. But anyway, happy birthday to those two guys. Uh, Coach Popovich, uh, another quick shout-out, you know, one of the premier coaches in the NBA of all time. But uh, let's transition one more time uh, into the NBA uh, off of that. So Bradley Beal, uh, you know, once out of Washington, clearly – um, he's putting up ridiculous numbers right now. He is the uh, highest point scorer uh, per game in the league at 35, and uh, it's not super close to, to number two. Um, uh, where, where all do you think that he should end up? I just want to say the mind-blowing stat I saw was he's the first player in NBA history over 100 years of the good old league to score 40 points and lose 10 straight in each game. That's mind-blowing. This doesn't need to be a Bradley Beal trade. It needs to be a Bradley Beal save. And that's why the dreams – my dream spot for Bradley Beal is the Miami Heat. I think that instantly makes him a playoff – not a playoff contender. I think that no matter what Paul Pierce says, I think that really does get him close to the finals. Um, I love the pairing of him and Jimmy Butler together. I think that's the perfect bounce offense defense. You'd have to give up some young pieces, uh, but – I love it. I think you bring Bradley Beal out of Washington and bring him to South Beach. I hear what you're saying, and, yeah, that would be a really good, uh, honestly, trio between Beal, Butler, and then Bam Adebayo. Um, but I don't think a package around Tyler Hero and some picks and maybe Drogic, I don't think that gets it done. 
I mean, like I said, Bradley Beal's playing out of his mind right now. Um, and I just don't think that that would be worth it enough for a Wizards team who should blow it up. And I don't think that that's where they want to start. Because, I mean, Tyler Hero, while he's a good player and I respect what he did in the playoffs, you know, I don't know if that's somebody you can rely on to be your number one scorer. I think he's got to be, you know, a number two or a number three option uh, going forward, even though he is extremely young. I mean, he's literally our age. Like, he's 21 or something like that. Um, but uh, I don't – and I don't really think that – you know, a Goran Dragic would sweeten that deal a whole lot. You know, he's just kind of an older point guard who does everything correctly, but, you know, isn't going to win any games for you, you know. I think if Bradley Beal, if he wants to win, you got to go to the Nuggets. You know, they go deep in the playoffs each year. And, I mean, all the Nuggets have to give up is Michael Porter Jr., who's not even a starter for them, Gary Harris, Bull Bull, in a 2021 first-rounder. You know, like, Bull Bull is a bench piece, and Gary Harris and Bradley Beal are basically trading spots. So now you got Jamal Murray, Bradley Beal, Will Barton, Paul Millsap, and Jokic. That's a tough lineup to beat, you know, offensively and defensively. So I just think if he wants to win and go far and maybe make the NBA Finals, you know, you got to go to the Nuggets. I would, I would definitely say um... – I'm always going to stick with the Heat. I'd love to see them in that uh, Miami Vice. But uh, if I had to pick a two, it would be the Nuggets. Because I think the Nuggets give up a lot of – that's a lot of young talent. Michael Porter, he's that's, big. That's who they don't need. They don't even use – they don't use half of the people. So, But if they if they want to stop kind of floating – not in the middle. They're the upper echelon. But if they really want to push past the LeBrons, the Clippers, I don't hate that move. And I think Jokic would just be picking people apart with mm-hmm. um, yeah. Jamal Murray and Bradley Beal coming off screens. Um, and I think for the Wizards, getting Michael Porter Jr., definitely tempting. Gary Harris is actually a very serviceable player. Bull Bull is weird. I think he's a bit of a overrated. But, I mean, he's a seven-footer that can dribble like a guard. Mm-hmm. I can see it in that first-rounder. I think they would try to get one more, at least one more first-rounder. But I, I like mean, that, that try for both sides. That would be a haul for Washington. And, I mean, that's definitely a building block to start there. Um and the only problem is that you got Russell Westbrook locked up for, you know, three more seasons, I want to say. Um, so that I think the next step would then be moving him because, honestly, if you run with that, at least those four guys right there, Westbrook, uh, Gary Harris, and then Porter Jr. and uh, Bull Bull, I think that's a decent team. And I think that's honestly too good. And I think that um, the Wizards should break it down even more. And like we keep talking about on this episode is uh, acquiring assets and, you know, just keep getting as many first-rounders as possible because one of them – might blossom. Uh, but uh, another package that I think that would be really attractive to Washington would be to the Hawks. Um, my, my Atlanta Hawks, I want to see Bradley Beal in that uniform. Uh, I think a package surrounded by uh, John Collins as the main centerpiece and then Kevin Herter and a couple of first rounders, maybe this year and then the one after that. Um, I think that gets it done. John Collins is probably a well, first of all, he's a very young player, and he's about to get the max. He's about to get the max deal in our uh, free agency. And then Kevin Herter is a pretty good three-point shooter. Next, he's been playing better once he's been moved in the starting lineup with, with Atlanta. And then, obviously, first-rounders uh, will just are a little bit more mysterious and unknown, but the Wizards can do what they want with them. I think um, – well, I like the idea of trading John Collins because I think he want the max, and I don't think Atlanta's ready to do it. I think that would tank Atlanta's future. I love it now. I think it would be great now. I mean, the Trey Beal backcourt, that's exciting for sure. But you're taking a team that's a fringe playoff team at best 
and giving him Bradley Beal, that jumps him up to what seven, six, maybe tops fifth seed in the East. I feel like you're mortgaging your future of two first rounders and your John Collins and Herder to be a fifth seed, sixth seed. I just I can't. I'm a big believer in trust the process, and if you're not going to be the best, you got to be the worst. And I think oh, yeah. the Hawks doing that, they're right about the middle. Um, I think, I think that's a bad trade for the Hawks because then you got Trey Young, Bradley Beal. You don't got much defense. Somebody's you know, got those are defense. two. Gu- those are two guards that aren't good at defense. And if you go against a a guard heavy team, they're going to pick you apart. You know. Steph is going to pick Trey Young apart. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather take the offensive upside because I mean, if you if you put Bradley Beal in that lineup, uh, you know you go Trey Young, Bradley Beal at the two, and then you go Cam Reddish at the three, DeAndre Hunter, who's definitely the second best option right now, and why it lessens the blow of losing a John Collins, and then the rebounding machine of Clint Capella just grabbing boards. Um, I really love that that look, um, and then. Like I said, you know, we, they, there's plenty. I, you guys, you guys are questioning the future, but I don't agree with that at all. Um, I think that because you still got Gallinari for three years, we, and then you have uh, Bogdanovich for three year for four more years actually. And um, I just think I think that vaults them into the. I think they would be on par with the Sixers. They have more. They have more weapons than the Sixers uh, with that in that situation. Um, but uh, not necessarily. <laughs> I don't know, about, I don't know about that. You're kidding me, really? No, you're talking about the best defender in the NBA and best and Ben Simmons. I said it. Wow, I think he's the best defender in the NBA. And then you have the best center, you know, Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. And how do the Hawks even compare? Because then you have Trey Young and Bradley Beal, who are two, I would say, top seven players in the East. So this is this in actually the leads this leads right into a question I had asked Sean previously off the air when we were planning these wonderful podcasts. Grant, this is a surprise question for you. Right now, if you're the Atlanta Hawks, do you take a trade for Ben Simmons or Bradley Beal? Ben Simmons. Oh Why? Elaborate. And we'll get Sean's side, too, because he's about to give Bradley Beal. We'll elaborate on it. Because you need defense. Trey Young is a scorer. He's not a passer. Ben Simmons is a passer, plays defense, and can drive to the hoop. You know, you already have a shooter. I mean, you not a shooter in point guard. I mean, I mean, you couldn't mean, get a better balance of offense and defense. Exactly. You need to defenders. The, you need to defend the NBA. Sean, your take on Beal? I just I think that Ben Simmons clogs the offense more than anything because he has he is not a shooter at all. Um, I think if you have Trey running the running the point guard position with uh, Bradley Beal, you know, on the wing or in the corner, some Trey drives to the basket because he can beat anybody on him. It doesn't matter who it is. He will be he will beat them to the basket. Somebody rolls over. You got the big the defense helping uh, the big man who is on Capella, and then somebody drops down to Capella, and then you give it to Bradley Beal, who I'd rather shoot the ball. And I don't really think that Ben Simmons – I mean, that's obviously not Ben Simmons' game. It's a shoot the ball. Um, and then also, he's not as a reliable – as much of a reliable scorer around the basket uh, just because that's not his game. He's much more of a passer and a rebounder. Um, and that's fine. And he'll, he'll get paid. And he, he does it probably better than anybody else does at his, at his age and his size. But I, I would just much rather have the offensive look of, uh, of Trey and Beal. But then at the same time, you guys are talking about defense. You know, you still got you still got Reddish. You still got uh, Rondo mm. coming off the bench. You still got Chris Dunn, who hasn't made an appearance yet. You still got Anyeka Kongwu, who's a big man to give uh, Capella some relief at, at some times. Um, you know, and then DeAndre Hunter is a very underrated uh, 
you're talking about a lot of guys who don't have minutes. It's Ooh, it's a lot. Barely of played this season. Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn's an all-world defender, mm-hmm. but he hasn't played. Rondo's obviously getting older. Mister mm-hmm. um, Ugabu got Auburn. He out of USC has not, or UFC. Uh, he has not played yet. Um, it's something. What if I'm gonna I'm gonna we'll, we'll cop this here because Sean Smith can talk about Hawks basketball all day. We may just make a whole episode out of it. All of this is leading up to my last point. One of the trades that trade packages that have come across and has been very popular is Ben Simmons and two first rounders for Beal. I think I would love to see it in Sixer land because Beal and Embiid may be the best one-two combo in the NBA. And I love the thought of Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook having to play just two or three months until they can figure out how to get rid of Westbrook together and just watching that chaos. I think that would be the best thing for the NBA. I'd love to see it. I think I think that's the key to the Sixers' success. They can't shoot right now. Nobody on their team can shoot. You spread the floor out a little bit. You let Joel Embiid go one-on-one all day with any center. I mean, he's going to win nine out of ten times, you know. If you're and then the you got Sixers. one of the best scorers in the league. Like, that's, that's a tough team to beat. And Tobias Harris, like, that team's stacked. They just can't shoot. Can't spread the if floor. You were the, if you were the Sixers, would you consider, I mean, because you – You'd have to pretty much give up Simmons because, I mean, he is an all-world defender. Grant said the best in the NBA. But how many first-rounders do you give to get that done? Bleacher Report's reported two. I've seen one on ESPN. If if you guys are the general manager, how many do you take it to get it done? Um, I I would think it takes two because uh, the Sixers – first rounder won't be it won't be that valuable especially with that team I, I actually agree with you that I think that would be the best situation for Beal because um, I, I agree that Embiid is the best center in the league and probably honestly the second best player in the east uh, or maybe third because KD is there now but um, you know I, I think that is a very good situation and that and that gives you and that gives you the shooter uh, even though you're not talking about even though that's what you're mentioning they don't have that but then obviously Bradley Beal is scoring 35 points a game obviously his uh, his uh, scoring numbers will go down because the ball has to get in Embiid's hands and Tobias Harris's uh, hands a little bit too, but at the same time, and then Beal can ball handle too, um, and then so you know he can he can move the ball a little bit, move off the ball, which uh, that's that's Ben Simmons' uh, weakness is that he does not do very well, um, you know, off the ball because he's not a scoring threat uh, with his jumper at all. Grant, what's your take on it? I agree. I mean. Bradley Beal, I mean, yeah, his numbers are going to go down, but that doesn't make him worse. You know, he's just working in a different system. KD's numbers went down when he went to the Warriors, but he was just as good as he was, like, on the Thunder. Yeah. So, Bradley Bradley Beal is going to be effective wherever he goes. Yeah, I would want to see Beal in Doc Rivers' system. I think that would be be a pretty good look for him in his career. And, uh, I mean, because he's still got – I don't have the contract right in front of him, but it's definitely – it's at least this season and then one more – uh, still left on his deal, and, and it might even be one more after that. But uh, that would be a good look for the Sixers, and that would definitely vault them into the uh, top of the East. I know, Colby, you're a little bit higher than them, uh, higher on them than I am, but that would definitely put them up there with the Nets and the Bucks, and probably the Celtics as well right now. I, I do genuinely believe Sixers are going if to – if you call it right now no trade, I think Sixers are my two seed. Wow. Um, because I'm going to put the Bucks. Bucks are going to be one or two, and I think Celtics are going to be one or two. 
Mm-hmm. So I guess then the sixes are going to be a two or three. Because I genuinely do not believe the Nets system will work in the regular season. Now they'll go in the playoffs and dominate, but I think regular season is just going to be too many kinks to figure out. But yeah, no, I'm very high on the Sixers. Regular season. Here's a little surprise question for both of you. What do the Bucks need to get it done? Uh, They're one seed every single year, but they can't get it done in the playoffs. Easily. Um, I say this, I've now said this three consecutive weeks in a row. They need Giannis to not be bad in the playoffs <laughs> and he's not bad but he is the most underwhelming dude in the playoffs and i don't i don't think they're far away he doesn't dominate in the playoffs like you should he, if you're a he doesn't dominate in the playoffs and he's gonna need that second guy with him lebron i'm gonna reference lebron when he was on the Cavs. he was in a different situation his team was much worse but he needed a d wade to get his first ring and chris milton mm-hmm. is good i mean he's fringe all-star but he's going to need a veteran good player Maybe Drew Holiday, but I think it's going to be a level up. And that's what's that's what it's going to take now to get past the Nets team with Harden, Durant, and Kyrie. Yeah, Giannis can't beat them all on his own. He can't. And especially when he doesn't show up in the playoffs, it's it's he's going to need a veteran quality player next to him. I mean, but that's that's what I think Drew Holiday is for them. I mean, we've talked about this before, and we could talk about this for a long time. But uh, I, I really do th- – I think the, the Bucks are still the team to beat um, no matter what, even even in the playoffs. I think that – Drew Holiday does bring that veteran presence and then the defensive ability um, to lock down uh, in the backcourt while Giannis is behind him. And then Chris Milton's pretty solid on the wings. Is uh, That's a pretty good matchup uh, against any team defensively, at least. And then obviously they have Giannis, who's the, probably the most dominant player in the NBA today. Uh, Drew Holiday, who's pretty solid. And then uh, Middleton, who can kind of go get a bucket almost whenever he wants, at least, because uh, he's got the length and the shooting and all that stuff. So. Do Bucks make the final four, you, Sean? Right now, yes. Okay. Are they who are they seeing in the final or each conference finals? Um, right now, I mean, honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't give you, I, I, I just, I think of the of the Bucks in a better sense than some other people do. I, I just kind of put them in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals right now. Um, but honestly, I spoke to soon with that. I think the Nets and the um, Celtics are right there, and I think the Celtics are seriously getting it done this year. They have two All Stars on the wings with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. They're both performing at. Honestly, you know, they, they kind of saw them as the future, maybe uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, but I think that they're there now. Um, I think that they are ready to play. And then obviously the team with Kemba, who's uh, a good leader and uh, he, he'll, he'll pass the ball for you. And then, you know, you've got just some lockdown guys uh, in the paint. He'll get rebounds and pass to your stars. And that's exactly how you win the playoffs. You give the ball to your star. And uh, those two guys and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are definitely getting it done. So to answer your question, I think it could be either the Nets or the Celtics. I think those are, uh, uh, those two teams, along with the Bucks, are the three most talented in the East. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season. I mean, we're only – we're pretty much 20 games in, I guess. We have the 70-game season. But uh, anyway, yeah, no, that's that's my look at it right now. Um, but anyway, uh, next week uh, to look forward to, we'll have uh, some more Super Bowl predictions and stuff. We didn't go into it this week because the game's not this Sunday. Um, but that'll be something to look forward to between Tom Brady, the old head, and uh, Patrick Mahomes, the up-and-coming superstar and $500 million man. Um, but uh, Goat versus baby goat. Exactly. Gotta love to see it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Grant, we really appreciate you being on with us this week, taking some time. Uh, but oh, of course. Yeah, we look to, we look to have you on you again in the future. Um, appreciate it. So uh, this has been the Rookie and the Vet. Uh, thanks, you guys, for tuning into our podcast. Uh, overall, it's been a pretty good time. But uh, – We'll see you again next week. This will, it's, it's about 5.50 right now, so hopefully we'll have it up by, I guess, 7 o'clock tonight. 
Uh, we might we might do a little switch up next week. We might uh, drop on Friday maybe, um, but we'll just have to see. We'll keep you in, we'll keep you on the loop. Thanks for listening. Y'all take care, all right? Thanks, Sean. All right, have a good one.